Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. There he is. All right. Hey, I've been hearing your voice. That's fun. Thanks. You've been making my morning already, so thank you for that. Well, great. My name is Lyndon. I'm one of the leaders here at Lighthouse, and just like Clinton Rose and other people have been saying already, welcome. It's so good to have you here. I, I don't know what in tarnation is the deal with, um, I know, no. So, all right, so I, I teach about four times a year, right? And it's something that, it's tough, right? I, I, I really despise the, the prep period, and it, the, especially the last week building up to right now is really rough for me. And so every time that I teach, it, it doesn't fail. I have at least one dream where I'm getting ready to do something, and something is missing. And this last time, it was, it was Friday night, my Friday night dream, I was in a wedding, and I'm walking in, and I'm already like almost late. I was out doing something when I should have been ready. I'm walking in, I have a suit on, but I look down, and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> I don't know what it is with that stupid recurring dream. What's it with no pants? Like, why not no watch? So anyway, this morning I made sure I had pants on before I came here. Yes, that would have been a little awkward. All right. So again, my name is Lyndon. Thanks so much for coming. And if you're joining online, it's great to have you here. And if you're not, it doesn't matter. And, and if you have people back... To me is what I meant. To me. And to me. I'm not taking offense by it. That's what I meant. And if you're back in the overflow room, hey, thanks for coming here too. So That sounded really bad. Let's start over. At least I have my pants on. Yes. So, biggest understatement of the morning, 2020 has been interesting, right? This has been nuts. Like Clint was saying, last Sunday was our kind of our soft opening. Today, it feels a lot nicer. With stage three, we can be a little bit more kind of normal. We're still not quite there. I don't, I don't accept this is the new normal. I don't like that phrase. But regardless, it's so nice to be here with you all. This is so fun. All right, so we've got a picture can you pop that up there, please? Okay, does anyone know what that is? Yes, most of us, even if you don't even like football, well, most of us will know that that is the Heisman Trophy. It's actually the Heisman Memorial Trophy. So the Heisman Trophy is considered the most prestigious trophy in all of college football. Every year, it is given to the most outstanding college player of that year. All right, I have, I'm guessing that many of you know who received the Heisman Trophy this, this last year. My next photo, yeah, Joe Burrow, two, 2019. Look at that guy. He looks almost as good as Jimmy House. <laughs> almost. But, I mean, just looking at him, it's like, man, the guy looks awesome. I don't even know him, and I've, ever, I've hardly ever watched him play, but that... He looks like he could win a game or two. I mean, just look at him. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of hype built on the Heisman winner. All right, so I have another photo. I wanted to know if you guys know what this is. Does anyone know what that is without looking at the words? 
Someone knows. All right, because that is actually called the Lozman Trophy. You get it, Heisman and Lozman. It's not a joke. I I realized this. I didn't know this before when I was before this, but the Lozman Trophy is awarded to who? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant actually is the title. So you're like, man, that sounds awful. It is. It's kind of rough. So every year. Mr. Irrelevant is the person, the guy picked last for the NFL draft. I see some really like somber, yes, yes. We pray for him every day. That's got to be kind of rough, being the last pick. So the term um, Mr. Irrelevant wasn't always around. That started back in 1976. I've got a couple K's coming up, all right? So Kelvin Kirk was the first, first of the last, first Mr. Irrelevant back in 1976. He was pick number 487, and he went to the Steelers. So the, the intent behind this Mr. Lo, or the Lozman Trophy for Mr. Irrelevant was, was meant to help the, we'll say the loser, kind of the, the last picked, feel a little better about themselves, right? Let's, let's have some fun with it. There's actually more that goes along with it. It's not just a trophy. They, they treat them, they fly the whole family out to California and they, they treat them to a week of fun. But still, the idea is, I'm the last pick. It's rough. The feeling of being unwanted is probably maybe in, in their heart. I know for me, like I'm just an armchair quarterback. I have no... no possibility for me to make it to the NFL, but being the last of the last pick. So by anyway, by chance, does anyone know who Mr. Irrelevant of this year was? If you did, that's extra credit, but no extra credit is given. His name is Tay Crowder or something like that. So he, from Georgia, drafted by the Giants. But you don't know him because no one cares about the last person. He was picked, yes, but last so it's rough, right? It's hard. I, I'm not saying that to make fun of this guy. He's, he's 100 times better than me at football. So, all right, a little over a year ago, a good friend of mine who's on the executive team at the company that I work for pulled me aside. We had one of those fun little conversations over coffee in the morning. And he said, hey, Lyndon, you, you know that the company is restructuring quite heavily right now, and we're, we're having uh, engineering teams um, more on their own teams, and we're going to need team leaders for all these engineering teams. And the one team is kind of a brand new team, and I really think you should go for that. You should, you should put your name in the hat, and you'd have a good chance of being that. It's like, wow, that's a fun conversation to have. Like, wow, he thinks that I should do that. And if you know me, I don't really like leadership positions, and so I, like, uh, I could be behind the scenes and don't want to do that, but I thought about it. Even the guys that were going to be on that team, they found out that we need a team leader, they came to me and said, hey, you should, you should do that. I want to work for you. That felt really good. I was like, okay. So I prayed about it, talked about it with my wife, slept on it a couple nights, and then I was like, okay, I'll put my name in, my, name in the hat. Let's do it. Well, um, fast forward a few days, some of the higher-ups came and pulled me aside, and they said, Lyndon, we want to talk with you. Oh, me? Oh, yeah, okay, let's see. What's this about? And they said, we're not even going to look at you actually, for this position. Like, oh, okay. You know, and it's like, wow, 
Wow. And, and to me, I mean, they, they said it really nicely, but it didn't sound nice. Like, ah, you, you stink. We don't like you. You, you know, you, you, we need someone way better than you. That's kind of how it felt. Like, oh, kind of that last pick unwanted syndrome was, was heavy. It felt like a, a shot below the belt, but it felt it was the wind knocked out of me. It was discouraging. How about you? Ever been picked last? Ever been uh, denied a promotion? Denied a job? Maybe turned down when you asked someone out for a date? Heard a few amens, nod, head nods. Yeah. Maybe, how about, how about this? How about uh, the last pick at a friendly game of kickball on the recess field or on the, on the, in uh, gym class? Remember that? I don't know if they do it anymore, but back in the day when I was in elementary school, we'd have team captains at recess. And, you know, you'd stand there, you'd, you'd oh, I want you, I want you. And, and it's basically from the best to the worst. And everybody knew that the last person picked was not really wanted. I personally was almost always a team captain or one of the first ones picked. So I didn't really deal with the last person picked itis. However, I remember thinking as I saw their faces of being that last person, and they weren't even picked, right? They're so low, you don't even have to say their name. It's like, now, if it's, I don't even want to say a name because someone out here has got that name. Let's say, let's use Tay. It's Tay Crowder, right? If it's Tay Crowder over there, he's the last person. You don't even have to say his name. He just knows, well, I'm last, and you walk forward. Yeah. I remember seeing the looks on these people's faces of, Last again. Oh my goodness. And I don't remember tears and stuff, but it felt heavy. It felt rough. It felt discouraging. Talking about all this makes me sad. It doesn't give me butterflies like I get nervous butterflies just before I come up here to talk. This is discouraging stuff to be last, to be unwanted. So the past 10 or so weeks have felt a little bit discouraging as well, maybe. This global pandemic that we've been having have, has been shutting down churches. It's been shutting, keeping us from, from meeting. It's been, it's been rough. It's, it's made us feel, even though it's definitely not the end of the world, we're not being killed or anything, but to, not be, to be told you can't meet, it's been, it hasn't been ideal. We, maybe we've been feeling a little bit neglected or abandoned. Kind of like the feeling when someone gets picked last at kickball. So especially for me, like at first I was like, oh, it's no big deal. But the past couple weeks, I've been really struggling with it. This past week, I went back to work, and it is not the same. Some of my friends have lost their jobs, and uh, people are, I'm the only one in the office, which is, it's nice, yes, it's nice, but I like to be around people and stuff, and it's actually really nice because I don't have to wear a mask being the only one in the office. Uh, but it's just different. It's weird. It's discouraging kind of feels like been forgotten. So today we're going to be looking into a few verses found in 1 Peter chapter 2 in the New Testament. And in these verses, we'll, we'll get to them in a second, but to set it up a little bit, the story of what's going on here, Peter is writing to the Jewish Christians in that area at that time. And it was probably about between 62 and 64 AD. And he was likely living in Rome at this time and the Christians would have been under a huge persecution under Emperor Nero. And it wasn't just something little. It wasn't a pandemic to shut people at home. It was bad. Like Christians were being tortured. 
and killed for their faith. And we're talking not nice, like killed by dogs, burned, burned alive. And that's just to name a few of the awful ways that Christians were being treated. And that's discouraging just thinking about it. Chances are Christians were thinking, what about us, God? Did you forget us? You know, are we the last to be picked? Are we just a bunch of Mr. Irrelevance here? What's going on? So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, awesome. If, if not, that's totally fine. We've got the, message, or we got the verses up on the screen. You've got them in your handouts. But if 1 Peter is in the back of the Bible, right where I have my bookmark, and uh, if you get to Revelation, you've gone a little too far, skip forward a few books and you'll be right there. But we're going to read, I'm going to read the, the verses 9 and 10 right now. So 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If we think the timing of when Peter wrote this, What did he choose to tell the Christians? He reminded them, you are special. You are chosen. We're going to dig more into that as we go here. The title of today's teaching is First Round Pick, Living the Chosen Life. So today we're going to, this message, we're going to look into why we, if we're Christians, should know that we are, as a matter of fact, the first pick of the first draft every time. Okay? Before we do that, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the beautiful weather. It's awesome outside. Thank you for the fact that we can gather together today with each other. God, I ask that you would pull me out of the way and put your Holy Spirit right here, right now. Use these words that are coming out of my mouth to minister truth And all the words that I'm forgetting to say, I pray that you would bring them back to me. I pray that you would be glorified today. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so if you have handouts and you want to fill them out, you've got some note time if you want. I keep it short and sweet. I just have two points. The first point is we should all feel like a first-round pick because we are God's prized belonging. Prize belonging. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Take a moment and think of something, uh, an item, a material possession of yours that to you is special. Maybe like this pocket knife that was my grandpa's. There's nothing amazing about it. It's not the, the high dollar knife, but to me... My grandpa had this, and now that, especially that he's gone, it's, it's awesome, special to me. How about some other things? How about, ooh, a teddy bear, so nice. Clint probably has one of those at home. There's another one, so there's like a, a, an engagement ring maybe passed down from generations before you. That's cool. Oh, he wants it. <laughs> 
That's pretty special, the Smeagol. If, you've seen, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry. That's Lord of the Rings, great movies. Next. Ooh, that's a cool truck right there. That could be special. Next. Yeah, Bible. That's cool. That's a very special possession. Next. Oh, let's just stop right there. Leave that up there right now. All right, for, for me, coffee is very special to me. Oh, yeah, I had 10-4. So, but you got to do it black, nothing added, okay? And so one of the, I'm, I'm kind of a coffee, sorry, I'm off to the side. I'm a kind of a coffee nerd. Um, I actually have the, I, I can say that I know the farmer that I buy the coffee from, from the mountains of Matagalpa, Nicaragua. His name is Diego. Sell, you get Cafe Diego, and I know the roaster who buys it from him and sell, roasts it and sells it. So, and I was actually there on Diego's back porch on a rainy afternoon, cool afternoon in the mountains of Matagalpa, when Paul tasted the first cup of coffee from Diego's farm. And it was, it was, it was from there, it was history in the making. It was awesome. So when I buy a bag of Cafe Diego from Nicaragua, to me that is very special and I love it. I can just taste the farm that I got to spend time on. It was awesome. So those are all some special possessions. And they have some value to us, even though they're just, they're material things, right? We consider them in some form or fashion special. Here's Peter 2.9 again, 1 Peter 2.9. You are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So we kind of looked at just some warm fuzzies of what's special to us. Let's think about it, what, how that might look to God. All right, so God's special possession, what would that be? Wow, now that's cool. Oh, I don't think that's real. I think that might be photoshopped. <laughs> I don't think there are too many that would be willing to say, sure, take Junior and put him beside. Yeah, so here we have God. He's lying around. <laughs> and we've got the kid. That's us, right? And God's right there thinking, it's just me and my little buddy. Special to me. I just love that picture, even though it's probably not real. It's like, God's got his special possession right there beside him. Or another one. This next one's not photoshopped. This is real. There are supposed, I guess there are apparently people that are like lion whisperers out there. It's really weird. I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't have lions, I guess. But, but that's kind of a, a fun one. Like God is just, hey, I love you so much. You can even see that lion. It's like he's smiling. And it's like God is just hugging us and saying, you're special to me. You're special Bottom line is that as a child of God, we are God's special possessions. And it's not an accident that it's that way either. God didn't just decide, well, if, if they have good hygiene and they take care of themselves and they brush their teeth and, and you know, do that kind of stuff and they stay healthy, then, then they'll be my special possession. No, it's not like that at all. Ephesians 1, 4 says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. It's a little weird to think about. So before God created all of this, this beauty and this amazing earth, this world, this universe, whatever, he chose us individually. He chose, he chose us. We are chosen. We are part of his master plan. We were first on his mind. We're not accidents. 
So that's point number one. We should all feel like a first-round pick because we are God's prized belonging. So number two, point number two in your handouts. We should all feel like a first-round pick because there is no turning back. No, there is not. This second point is really important, y'all. Remember Joe Burrow? talked about him. So when Joe got drafted, first pick of the first round, that was a turning point for Joe, right? There's no more team captain on the recess uh, kickball team, Joe. There's no more high school Joe, college Joe. It is now NFL Joe. And Joe's not turning back, okay? Joe is now in his element. He's an NFL star. I guess if he does turn back, we're going to have some pretty upset Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, is that where he went? I think something like that. There's no turning back, right? He is all in in his new calling. 1 Peter 2.10 says, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, did I say Paul? It's Peter. Now, Peter's audience in these verses are Christians, okay? Let's remember that. He's writing to the Christians who are Christians. They're ordinary people who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. And that's why he's using these contrasting conjunctions here, okay? He says it twice. He says, you were, but now. You had, but now. He doubles down on that. It's so important. This is in the past. This is now. Past unless you're part of the Back to the Future Conspiracy Club, it doesn't, you can't go back to it, okay? This is now. It's new. All right, so we're finishing up this message series of identity. And our key verse this message series is 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I'm pretty sure it is like one of the most important verses, my favorite verses in the Bible to me. It says, Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. That's the NIV. Let's read it in the New Living Translation. It says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Looking into it a little bit more in the Greek thought this was pretty cool. We see that the word new is kinos, I think, something like that. It means new, fresh, properly, new in quality, innovation, fresh in development or opportunity. And I like this part because not found exactly like this before. It's something brand new. It wasn't like this before at all. Now it is. It's new. Does a butterfly ever turn back into a caterpillar? It's kind of a silly question. If there's some scientific butterfly that does, I'm sorry, that's a bad example, but no, no. You you go from caterpillar to butterfly. And that's an awesome picture of 
of what happens to us when we accept Jesus into our hearts. We are new. We are made new. The old is gone. The new is here. There's no turning back. It's just silly to think of a butterfly. Why would a butterfly think, well, maybe I'm a caterpillar today. No, I'm a butterfly, right? Physical proof. After reading 2 Corinthians 5.17, that truth that we just read a moment ago, why would we ever even begin to think that once we have asked Jesus into our lives and to make us new, that we're not new anymore? I'll tell you, if you're a Christian and you're struggling with this, I want you to take ownership of that verse. Take it. Own it. That truth is for you. Okay? If you get anything out of today's message, my prayer is that you can fully grasp that reality. I think it's a good one to have memorized. It's a great enemy dart killer. If you're a Christian, you know what the darts of the enemy are. Maybe a few of them might sound like this to you. You messed up again. You haven't changed one bit. Or you'll never make it to heaven if you keep on sinning like that. Or how about, how can you say you've changed if you keep on sinning? I'm hearing some some nods and under, nods of understanding some i just i know that i know that this is real for us and i'm going to tell you i'm preaching it myself cuz i struggle with this a lot a lot oh i'm a butterfly but i think i'm a caterpillar why especially after reading that truth second corinthians 5:17 I challenge y'all, memorize this scripture and keep it, not in your back pocket, but right here. <laughs> so when those darts are coming at you, you can scream it at the, de- at the devil if you need to, okay? Personalize it. Not if anyone, I'm in Christ. You tell him, I'm in Christ, the old is gone, the new is here, Okay? When we were singing that last song, I'm horrible with titles. What was your third song this morning, Lori? Something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The, in, I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. It's, it's the, one of the phrases in there, one of the lines says, the king of kings calls me his own. Man. The creator of the universe who chose us before he even made this place calls me his own. Own that truth today, guys. So again, that's point number two. We should all feel like a first-round pick because there is no turning back. This time I'm going to ask Rose to come up for a time of ministry.
so when I was in elementary school and we used to, we had recess and, you know, Linda was talking about picking teams and um, I was always the last one picked because I was small. <laughs> I was always the little one and they always saw me as the one who couldn't do it as well. I was always the last one picked. But you know what? On God's team, there is no last pick. There is no last pick. And there will never be a last pick on his team. He sees us all the same. He loves us all the same. He wants us all the same. He desires us all the same. He desires what is best for us. There is no last pick on his team, ever. When we are chosen by him, we're not the last one. So I was at, when I was asking the Lord what he wants to do during ministry time this morning, he says, I just want to speak truth. <laughs> I want my kids to know how I feel about them. So we're just going to do a little bit of what I call healing prayer. <laughs> um, so my question for you is, what lies have you been believing I'm not good enough. I don't do things the way the other person does, so it doesn't matter. I did this last night, so I really am not justified in going to church. God doesn't love me the way I am. So God, right now, would you come? Would you show us how you see us? Whether it's through words or a picture, a song. Lord, how do you see us? Lord, we just want to hear your truth this morning.
For some of you, he just wants to say, well done. Well done. I am proud of you. beating yourself up. He's proud of you. He's saying, you are mine. for choosing us. Lord, we are so grateful there is no last pick in your family. There is no last pick on your team, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you. We don't have to be perfect to be chosen by you. Thank you for loving us the way we are, but also wanting more for us and wanting what is best for us and wanting us to strive for more of you. So, Lord, we choose to be more like you. Our team leader. So, Lord, I pray as we go through this week that you would continue to speak to us, that you would continue to show us who we are to you. Show us how we, how you see us and what you think of us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for meeting us here this morning and for speaking truth and revealing your truth this morning. Thank you for healing, healing this morning. God, I pray that you bless everyone in this room as we go through this week. Bless everyone, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming out, guys. And you're free to go. You're dismissed. Have a good week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.